Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the world and the universe. Welcome to Quantum Living, a mysterious dimension at the intersection of science and spirituality, where anything can happen. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for joining me on this quantum journey as I continue lifting the veil of other dimensions and realities to make them a part of our life. As always, please take away from the show only what resonates with you and discard the rest or put it aside for later. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome to yet another fascinating episode of Quantum Living. As you know, I love talking about magic, witchcraft, shamanism and similar wonderful and mystical practices, which reflect, in fact, our natural abilities and powers we have simply forgotten about. I'm also very much a global citizen and love connecting and talking with people from all over the world. Texas, Copenhagen, Sao Paulo, New York, London, Stockholm, LA, Ontario, Cape Town, Ireland. There are certain countries and geographical locations that have special energies, rich spiritual folklore and many mysteries and historical wonders which still baffle us to this day. And I love exploring them too. So I was thrilled when I came across someone who ticks all the boxes, as above, <laughs> and I was able to invite her to appear on my show. My special guest today is Estelle Gillingham. Estelle is an author, energy healer, online educator who teaches sensitive people how to embody their soul's highest nature and bring their magic to the world. A former postdoctoral research fellow in chemistry, Estelle has morphed into a karma-busting medicine woman and quantum shaman. She has learned how to balance her masculine rational side with her love of nature, magic and the natural feminine and intuitive abilities that flow from her deep connection with Mother Earth. Estelle lives in Ireland and while she wasn't born there, she is a Celt through and through with a strong Celtic lineage and many strange and bizarre stories to tell. When she isn't teaching, writing or painting, Estelle can usually be found exploring stone circles or the fairy portals near her new home in County Kerry. And she joins me now from Southern Ireland. Hello Estelle, welcome to Quantum Living. Thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely to have you on my show. Thank you, Anna. I'm really, really honoured and thrilled to be here and very, very excited to share all about the nature magic in my new deep, deep Celtic Irish home here in County Kerry. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much. We have so much to talk about. So let's start with your personal journey, if you would like to share it with us. What has brought you to this spiritual healing coaching path? a PH-qualified research chemist morphing into a karma-busting medicine woman and quantum shaman. <laughs> Could you share with us your story? Absolutely, I'd love to. So really, this is a story of someone who didn't know who they really were at all. 
it was all very, very hidden. And I spent the first 40 years of my life really invoking what I call the fifth law of karma, which in its essence is a story of somebody who is living the life that they're conditioned and programmed by their physical DNA and their cultural surroundings and environment to live rather than the life that their soul wants them and the magic that their soul and the gifts that their soul want them to bring through into the physical world. And I don't, I'm sure lots of your listeners will relate to the physical effects that stack up when you continue to um, follow and fit in and conform and do what you think will satisfy your very understandable needs, which are for safety and validation and love and approval. So we follow these paths, don't we? And that following uh, what I wanted to fulfill those basic needs led me to her career as a, a postdoctoral research fellow in chemistry and then moving on to uh, being a director of projects for big uh, London banks and internet building their project managing the build of their internet sites all of which led me into this boom and bust cycle of chronic fatigue and depression and anxiety mm. and which I didn't have the awareness to know was all my body mind my soul's voice saying wrong direction wrong <laughs> path <laughs> there's something else that you're here to do and I always say you know my my students can um be a bit awed when I'm speaking in light language and displaying all these dazzling gifts and I say to them look I was the slowest learner of them all I really had to almost be hit over the head with a four by two um, bit of wood to make me see that I was on the wrong track. But then you see the interesting thing about that, if you think of it all as mistakes or just resistance, you're, you're missing the biggest message that's available mm. to us all right now anyway, which is, yeah, it, it, it's all grist to the mill. It's all fuel in your cells, which when you touch into the earth magic core and that earth nature magic, you can burst into energy and light and alchemic potential. It can all actually propel you on that journey. It's the fuel that you need for the journey into the quantum realms. Absolutely. So was there a tipping point for you? Absolutely. There was a there was a huge devastating tipping point for me. <laughs> I don't get the point very quickly, it seems. Um, eventually, after minor uh, depressions and chronic fatigue, recurring, recurring, I had a very Merlin-esque um, spiritual awakening, a massive, massive uh, Kundalini rush of all of the spiritual energies from the earth coming into my body. And unfortunately bringing all of my unresolved trauma and karma and toxins that were hidden inside my cells straight into my brain which is why I'm now very very passionate about uh, very deeply grounded slow feminine based um, methods of sustainable and very very powerful spiritual development because I it took me 10 years to recover from that awakening wow yeah. And I, I, I literally lost everything in my life. What do you mean by that? 
Um, I mean that um, that was the that marked the end of my marriage. That marked the end of any uh, ability that I had to pursue the careers that my very advanced rational mind thought were good ideas to pursue. Mm. Um, you know, a very very deep time of being in a state of um, physical ill health and also very, very challenged um, at the emotional, mental and spiritual levels with what turned out to be all of my unresolved um, trauma and karma. And from what I now understand, having spent the next 10 years doing a massive course correct, um, because as soon as I was well enough to get um, back out into the world and and um get back on my right path I started with the help of a psychic that I went to see Hmm. um I I started a a a huge new part of my journey which I'm very happy to share if that's of interest to you yeah okay so um after uh, going through this period of recovery and trying to literally get back into my body because uh, the kundalini energies had really um helped me schism out fantastically <laughs> um and, but but to but to actually you know people used to say to me uh Estelle you need to ground yourself and ground your energy and I was trying to explain to them if any of my energy was actually still in my physical body that would be helpful <laughs> the vast majority <laughs> of my consciousness and my energy had schismed out and so I needed masses and masses of deep earth connection and soul retrieval and I was very lucky because my mum finally said uh what you need is a dog and we went off to a rehoming center we went off to a rehoming center for dogs um looking for a a short-haired female and came out with a great big hairy bloke who I love <laughs> my my lovely my lovely uh soul friend Reginald we called him Reggie and and what medicine um conventional medicine and all of the different types of um therapy were trying to achieve he did for me because he helped me what I now understand with my interest um fascination in trauma resolution he helped me co-regulate like all of the animals, you know, a, a master healer, a master healer. So he he actually helped my heart rate come down. And within about um, six weeks of having him beside me all of the time, I stopped shaking because mm. um, I was in such a high state of anxiety. I had literally been blasted. Uh, into the other world and I couldn't come home which you know not everybody survives their uh, shamanic initiation so it has to be handled very very carefully and I think I it's safe to say that I went as far as it's possible to go and still just by a miracle be able to come back again so that lays the territory um, for uh, great cracks in the the psyche that were actually useful to us because the the natural energies and the cosmic dynamics can start pouring through us as and when we gain the experience and necessary skills to start working with that opportunity but at first if that's 
Um, if that kind of spiritual psychic opening is inflicted on people too quickly, too soon, it, it can cause very, very great problems. This is a very, thank you for sharing, this is a very important point, in fact. Not many people can see this sort of danger in a very fast, very intense and intensive spiritual awakening. So this is really an important point. But my other question is, did it happen you mentioned that you work with a psychic. So did it happen in a particular session or did it happen over a course of a few days or a few weeks? Or was it something almost instantaneous that you've experienced? That's such a good question. And I think for me personally, for the work that I need to do in the world and because I wasn't getting the Mm. you know less than subtle signals that I was on the wrong track very easily. Um, I think it was all perfect and all in divine timing but um there was just a whole backlog of unresolved karmic as in past life and ancestral trauma that I don't think I would have ever dared to look at if anybody had given me the choice mm -hmm. so in my particular case I think It needed to be something that was very um, powerful and would literally stop me in my mm. tracks and, and make me start from the scratch. But there's an excellent precedence for this. If you think of the story of Merlin and how he was actually a Celtic warrior um, and Druid, who then went through a massive even further, deeper development and awakening process through post-traumatic stress disorder. So after a huge battle in which he had witnessed the death of his nephew and other family members and so many of his soul family and tribe, he, he went mad and he retreated into the Scottish, uh, the forests of the Scottish borders And there he had to reconfigure and reconstruct himself entirely. He went through this massive dark night of the soul experience. And it, it happens to certain souls at an appointed time in their life. What he did was then connect to the forest floor, went deep into Mother Earth, and then emerged as an oracle and as a seer. Mm -hmm. and had a whole new phase of his druid uh, lineage and gifts to share with the world. So that's something we'll probably go into a bit deeper later on in the conversation, right? Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing. So you mentioned Merlin, uh, which is a very good segue to, uh, to my main, if you like, opening question to our conversation. I would love to ask you, If you could speak to the influence of your Irish and Celtic heritage on your spiritual work, and I understand that 
you were not born in Ireland, but you went back, or well, back in a sense that that's where really your roots are. And how did that move change your work, change your spirituality? And what was the uh, influence? Mm, Beautiful question. So along with all of the things that I probably wasn't going to look at unless something dramatic happened in my life, was um, a lot of conditioning and programming that came from my physical DNA, my grandparents who were Irish and had moved over to England and were deeply ashamed of their Irish heritage. Yes, so with the move to Ireland, I became even more aware of a deeper level of unresolved karma and trauma in my physical DNA. And my grandparents, all the relatives on that side of my mum's family, uh, and were very devout Catholics. And my soul's journey and my soul's work and what my light DNA wants me to express here in this lifetime in particular is all of the magic and our ability to go beyond what we think is possible and become the heroes and heroines of our own monomyth. Everything that we have in terms of the the extra gifts that you spoke to in our introduction can come through, through our connection with nature, which, of course, the Catholic Church uh, teaches us um, and used to teach more emphatically, is very sinful and that our true nature is sinful. So when I came over to Ireland, same devil, different level. I'd done so much work on my ancestral lineage and... And yet there was an even deeper level waiting for me uh, to transform. And it's a question of noticing where those energetic markers and limits in our central nervous system are and then seeing it as an opportunity to, it's like rooting powder, to send our roots even deeper into the core of Mother Earth so that we can then grow the branches with the living light energies that that generates in our system, even higher into the energies of the quantum realm and the stars, and then bring even more of our truth and our magic through into the world. So it's a constant evolution. And that and that's what moving over to Ireland has, has, has reconfirmed for me as something that's being reconfirmed at every step on this new journey of the last 10 years for me that we think we've covered off an issue and then it will come back to us because our we need to know it through and through and we need to know it not just um, at a level that we grasp it with our rational minds but we need to know it because it's body wisdom and that something is then released and transformed by the natural earth energies coming into our physical energy field that then gives us access to who we really are, not just in this lifetime, but here's the magic, but throughout the ancestral lines, clearing that trauma and karma, but going in through the gateway of the other world that Mother Nature provides into that other world paradise, bridging into the quantum realm and finding who we have been as humans 
in many, many lifetimes. And if you don't believe in past lives, that's fine because they believe in you. Yes, that's very true. So let's now talk about some details and specific topics, because the Celtic tradition is obviously rich with spirituality, is very rich with specific folklore. There is a lot of magic, a lot of mysticism. We can talk about uh, Celtic shamanism, the mystery of the Druids. Mm. The King Arthur, Merlin. So I just would like to throw it all open. <laughs> Could you please talk to this? Give us a sense of the magic of Celtic shamanism and Celtic mysteries. Mm. Beautiful, rich, rich territory to explore. I'm going to give us an overarching structure for this part, I think. What I've learned from my reintroduction into the Celtic land um, is that the journey for us going forward as humans now is all about grasping at the physical level of our bodies a even more tangible and embodied connection with the soul rope, with the sky rope, sky rope, which is essentially what links us from the core of Mother Earth out through the quantum field and into the stars and the heavenly realms, the celestial celestial realms, but also in, as if we go through the mother nature portal, it's linking us into what the Celts would have called the world soul. And the world soul is that part of the quantum realm that goes even more deep than the ancestral wisdom of the underworld and takes us into the field of living archetypes. This is the mythological strand of the sky rope. And it's where our greatest opportunity as human beings lies now when we combine it with the other two strands of the sky rope which are the karmic strand, which I've also already been alluding to with my ancestral DNA and my past life unresolved karma and trauma, but also the light strand. And the highest light that we need to be able to bring through to ignite our own midsummer beacon, to use the Celtic tradition, uh, and then to share that flame with other people, that comes through from being deeply, deeply rooted in Mother Earth. So what the Celts were absolutely brilliant at were um, using their rich, rich mythology to share these transmissions of cosmic visionary particles but they could literally uh, with the in with the energies and wisdom that was encoded in their myths and their stories they could bring the archetypal energies um, of 
the great heroes, the great warrior heroes or the river goddesses, the great nature spirits. They could bring these energies through their myths and stories and then transmit that into the deep psyche, deepest layers of consciousness of their audience. So they were, the Druids were really um, the, the Celtic shamans and then the Druids that they evolved into were the original uh, trauma therapists, the original uh, quantum physicists, mm. NLP practitioners. Uh, it's ancient, ancient technology, which well, we've, we've sort of with our disconnect from nature and the natural world, um, we've, we've, we've domesticated somewhat. So, so, you know, we can end up trying to tend the raw edge of somebody's terrible grief and sorrow with nice little manicure scissors and manicure kits <laughs> when what they really need is a transmission from the other world, from some almighty mm. natural archetype. Um, you know, like the the sun god Lu, or the river goddesses, or the angels, or you know the cosmic dynamics of earth, fire, and water itself. So, what the Celts did was gather everybody round the hearth, round the flames of the fire, um, come winter. And, and if I can just illustrate this with a very very specific example for you which which ties in all of the strands of the sky rope that I've been speaking to if you think about what happens at New Grange it's a very very important sacred site that's connected to Celtic mythology and and the world of the Druids and at New Grange at the winter solstice when all of these um Neolithic communities and post-Neolithic communities were gathering and wanted to be safe over the winter. Um, what you see being enacted, the ritual that opens you up to the possibility of that time of the year is something that's encoded in the myth and the actual physical happenings and interaction of the light and the earth energies in the New Grange Monument. So you have a, um, an earth mound that people go in, down a long, long passageway, and then it opens up into a womb space. And then at the far end of that womb space is an altar of an, and a panel, natural altar, and a panel behind it. And at that moment, when the sun bursts through at dawn on the winter solstice, then that panel becomes illuminated and all of the beautiful artwork, the spirals and, and, and the sigils and symbols that connect people back into this field of consciousness and the quantum realms becomes totally illuminated, flooded with light. Now, the mythology that a lot of people uh, don't understand, the magic that's really happening there is that the sun god, Lu, is literally meeting and making love to the river goddess, the Boand. And in that tender kiss and that tender embrace, they give birth again, they rebirth the god of love and peace and poetry. 
so that the winter nights will be blessed as they honor that ritual, deeply ultra natural shamanic ritual, as they honor that, they are actually praying and connecting to the nature gods and say, bless our whole winter and all of these miserable, cold, dark nights with the spirits of warmth, love, poetry, connection, you know, fellowship around this flame. So the whole society becomes strengthened at the beginning of winter, which is a tough, tough, challenging time for us now. But imagine back in the day, Mm. um, quite, you know, so so the ritual and the sacred site um, and the connection to the archetypes, it all becomes woven into this mythological strand. And then also you see you have the light strand being woven into that ritual as well because they're connecting deep into mother earth and into father sky with the sun god and then that very experience naturally transforms unresolved energies that have got stuck in our different energy bodies because you have a tangible palpable in the body experience of that sacred flame which will burn the low vibrating uh, energetic debris that's that's making us think that we're separate from source or you know the egoic mind sending the egoic mind on a on a wild goose chase like I was for the first 40 years of my life trying trying to assert (laughs) my puny egoic identity and and Uh. then firmly thankfully being uh, brought back (laughs) to a place of cosmic humility and realizing there was no way forward unless I uh, submitted to the will of the the other world Mm. of the quantum realms and did what the world soul wanted me to do with my life so it's it's all interlinked I hope I hope that explains it uh well the power that's inherent in the Celtic shamanism and in particularly in the Druids who I think of as really being the chlorophyll and the hemoglobin of quantum healing because they are the the mythological connection back to the druids is helping us bring the ultra natural living light intelligence and healing forces of the quantum realm into the physical body like the hemoglobin will help us uh, carry um, iron and oxygen into the blood that we need and the chlorophyll will create that magic of photosynthesis So the druids really, I think, are the chlorophyll and the hemoglobin of the quantum realm. And we need to reconnect to the transmissions, that amazing treasure hoard of natural power that they can tune us into. Learn more about quantum living, a cutting-edge approach to self-empowerment and emotional freedom at the intersection of science and spirituality. It is the master key to understanding how life works and gives you many tools and strategies to change your life experiences. Whether dealing with emotional addictions, relationship issues, self-sabotage blocking the progress and achievement in your life, or any other challenge, Quantum Living is the space you want to be in. My Quantum Living coaching program is as psychological, spiritual and esoteric as it is educational and practical. In the advanced stage of the program, I will take you on a quantum soul journey in a deep theta state 
to other dimensions and realities, which is an amazing and profound experience. I also invite you to sign up for Quantum Talk, my free monthly newsletter with a blog, updates and special offers. When you do, you will instantly receive a download copy of my book, The Seven Keys to Quantum Communication, absolutely free. To book your free diagnostic session and receive your free book, visit quantumliving.com.au today. You'll be glad you did. Beautiful. The mythology of the Druids talks about them being one of the first peoples who have been contacted by beings from another planet, beings from the stars, and were given the knowledge, the mystical knowledge, and also scientific knowledge, which they then carried on through generations and embedded in their practices, in their magic. Could you talk to this if you would, and are there any particular stories or particular examples of mystery or mythology that are still alive today in Ireland? Oh, yes, beautiful. There's there's several points to that question. Um, The one that I'll explore first is the point about the Druids being connected to um, other world intelligence. The Druids, as I say, were the proto-trauma resolutionists. They they were the trauma therapists. um, And the magicians who helped their whole society overcome a cataclysmic natural catastrophe, a natural disaster. The heritage of the Druids, let's let's look at that. The Druids came out of the clans, the proto-shamanic clans that gave rise to the megalith builders. Those people in the megalithic ages were the ones who underwent this um, flood, catastrophic flood that wiped out vast amounts of the civilizations in the Atlantic region. So you're looking here at very huge myths that are still fascinating to us all who are interested in this spiritual journey. You're looking at the fall of Atlantis. Mm. And also the uh, by extension, you're also then going back into the floods that caused the demise of Lemuria. Mm. So when you're looking at the Druids, I'm trying to point to the fact that they're coming from a very, very ancient lineage indeed, and they all carry forward the magic and the ability of working with all the forms of living consciousness on the planet. So if we look at Atlantis, you're looking at the ability to connect into astounding amounts of living light intelligence, 
wrapped up in the crystal divas in the divic realm, for example. But if you look at um, what happened to the survivors of Atlantis um, and Lemuria when those great floods happened, they went to um, the survivors landed in Ireland, giving birth to the Druids and all of the magical traditions um, in Europe and in, in the Atlantic regions. But the survivors of Atlantis and Lemuria, and I'm getting shivers now because I, I channel from a collective of beings that I call the angels of Atlantis and Lemuria. So wow. this is a very magical story for me to be able to share with you. So the star people, the star nations, those that came as, as Native American tradition will tell us, you know, we came from the stars, which, which is scientifically correct if you think about it mm-hmm. at the subatomic particle level and the level of the physical yeah. elements. We did come from the stars <laughs> and we have that heritage in our DNA. <laughs> That's the whole point. We have the we have it in yeah. our DNA at the physical level, and we are absolutely stardust. Scattered. Our DNA is stardust, scattered with yeah. stardust and fairy, F A E R Y, portals that help us connect to the other realm when we receive again those transmissions from the celestial realms. What are they, those portals? The portals? The fairy, fairy the, portals. the fairy portals in our physical bodies. Oh my, that's such a great question. <laughs> oh, excitement. Um, so, um, well, our DNA unravels. If you unravel the physical DNA that you have in your body, you would be able to stretch to the sun and back many, many, many times. And that's a really good metaphor. So the, the DNA is actually the sky rope that I've spoken about before. Okay. Over and above, uh, do you see, when you unravel and you unveil all of the karmic layers from the DNA, you end up with a substance uh, that can stretch into the stars. There's some specific facts that I'd love to be able to quote you. It's a good Google search. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, actual number of times yeah. that you can go to Mars and back if you unraveled your DNA. It's a great metaphor uh, for the for the soul mm. rope, the sky rope. Over and above that, though, um, our physical bodies are scattered with fairy dust, fairy portals that the scientists have now identified as stem cells, which have the ability to assume any purpose that the body needs yeah. to turn them to including becoming um, portals of living like consciousness um, to the other world, to the other world paradise. The stem cells actually open up when, when the right transmissions are received, the stem cells burst into a supernova uh, phase um, of light intelligence And that living light intelligence then ripples through every energy field, through our physical physical energy field, and then opens up to us to the original light, the ultra natural light intelligence, and we become infinite channels of healing and higher consciousness in the earth plane. Fascinating. So those those transmissions that enable the stem cells to turn themselves to that purpose 
and deep, deep spiritual and psychic levels of healing within our body. Wow, that's that's a whole field that we haven't yet explored. And in fact, apart from the um, the double helix part of the uh, DNA that scientists have explored, um, about 90% of it is something that they just refer to as junk DNA, which is filled with about 5,000 epigenetic switches that they don't understand. So they call it junk. Then for that, read the ability of these transmissions of ultra natural light from the other world, the quantum realms, to switch on our gifts of hyper communication so that we can become profound healers, visionaries, seers, um, oracles, and literally become, as the druid stories are always telling us, heroes of our own monomyth. In other words, not people who are limited by all the conditioning and programming that we have because of our cultural environment or because of our ancestral DNA and the and the unresolved trauma and karma that we've absorbed and um, because of our physical ancestral inheritance. So do you see this is a very, very deep, deep portal to magic that the that the whole subject of the Druids and the ultra-natural shamanic culture that they emerged from um, give us access to, because you're going all the way back through Atlantis and the trauma of having lost Atlantis and the role that the Druids set themselves was to reconstruct um, a cohesive and strong, mm. resilient society out of the remains of that environmental um natural catastrophe and so anybody who has the druid codes in their dna is really being called forward now because do you see the see the parallel with where we're at at this instant in time so does this knowledge about stem cells which i've never heard of before so when i find it fascinating does it come from the druids or from a different source? I, I would say it's from the other world. It's from the quantum realm. It's it's from um, these natural, supernatural, and ultra-natural fields of living light intelligence that form and embrace the whole Earth sphere. So we're talking about... Um, morphogenetic fields and databases, uh, rich sources of light intelligence um, and wave functions um, that we have because we needed a label uh, to make them easily identifiable called throughout the history of mankind, gods, goddesses, angels, star beings, planets have this field of living light intelligence associated with them as well you know it's going back to this um idea that is frowned upon by those with the rational mind that um all forms uh everything that we see in the physical world is a reflection of 
um, many, many dimensions of increasingly evolved and higher forms of intelligence, fields of intelligence. So you're seeing like a symbol, you're seeing like a logo. When you look at a physical crystal, like I hold a little bit of um, selenite in my hand, I have with the right consciousness and awareness and the right transmissions activated in my body, the ability to connect into archetypal selenite or any other form of crystal. And then you're bringing through possibilities Mm. um wave functions that haven't been closed down by your preconditioned perceptual biases you're bringing through true magical potential into the earth plane and that's what the Mm. the, this whole celtic and druid lineage is connecting us back to ultra natural shamanic magic i keep using the phrase ultra natural and i haven't explained it but i'd like to Please. So my definition, it's a phrase that I've coined and it and it is um it's if you if you take it back to the New Grange monument that I was describing, it's this flow of energies that we can access when we experience that grace where our physical body, the energy in our physical body is connected to the tenderest kiss you can imagine when Mother Earth and Father Sky energies meet and embrace in our heart fields and in our wombs and in our wombs. That causes the the supernova explosion that activates the stem cells. And that is actually something that's mapped out in Buddhist and Taoist spiritual traditions as well. The, the entrance of the earth energies, the dirty into the physical body, which then the womb chakra will transform into Uranchi, which is living, healing, light, intelligence. And as we get saturated in the dirty and the Uranchi, we become irresistible to the heavenly realms. <laughs> Okay. I'm curious, how did you come across that information, that knowledge about stem cells, their particular role? At the physical level, reading scientific research, you know, I can't resist it. You can take the girl out of the laboratory, but (laughs) I'm still a scientist, really. Um, But at an intuitive level, when I had taught... um, a program that was launching just at the time, you know, kind of uh, February, March 2020, I began exploring mm-hmm. um, past lives much more closely because I had always found with the clients that came to me um, that the biggest, deepest knots, blocks and locks were from very, very important past lives. And it always seemed to be the same past lives that everything that they had done could not um, transcend. They couldn't overcome these, these, what I 
came to call uh, Queen Bee and Queen Ant past lives, where we had a lot of power and influence and access to these ultra-natural, what people would normally call supernatural abilities and gifts. And when you help um, somebody overcome that, they can get into their full um, gifting and mission and power. Going back to your question, though, when I started to go, you know, when you teach something, you have to really, really embody it Mm -hmm. in order to be able to give the full transmission of the wisdom that you want to share with people. And it made me dig very, very deeply into this Celtic and Druid heritage and into the divine feminine past lives, in particular, the lives where I'd been a priestess and my soul family members had been priestesses, particularly in Atlantis and Lemuria. And I found as I was studying this um, and doing, as I just described to you, really holding a leaf or holding a crystal and allowing for the possibility that really that could connect me to much more powerful fields of intelligence than just, oh, isn't Mother Nature pretty? You know, when I started doing it, I started channeling like a fiend. Poems started coming through. Wow. <laughs> you know, and then uh, a whole new body, a whole new body of work started coming through. Okay. Even as I was only teaching for the first time what I used to call the Ascension Masterclass, something had been seeded within me. Um, which then went on to become what I now call Wilbridge's Paradise, which is my main body of work. It came from this explosion, this actual physical happening, an event in my body, um, when I started really, really um, going deeply. But do you see how that wasn't actually possible before the cosmic trigger had occurred? And the the world had started going into a new deep phase of collective trauma. Absolutely. What that brought out inside of my DNA was the Druid and the Celtic Shaman and the reconnection to all of the other lineages. Because it's just like, have you seen the beautiful footage, the David Attenborough videos where the there's there's um, a form of algae and when the moon is at a certain place every year it will start to form an upwards blizzard of snow it's so beautiful and and it is it this was wired into me this this cascade of light intelligence was always going to be triggered when the world started teetering on the brink of a of a new level of profound collective trauma the druid code was always going to wake up inside me and open up the portals to even more of my abilities uh, from atlantis and lemuria and this is not simply a osl you know only you i mean this is the portal and the opening and opportunity for all of us old souls yes absolutely and you've mentioned that we are living in a very difficult times and obviously there was a very strong energy shift that started at the beginning of the pandemic. So that's been going on for, uh, well, almost two years now, will be close to two years, which is a separate topic and a very long conversation because there is so much that has happened. 
and there is so much involved in this process that we um, we don't have time for this in this particular episode. But w- speaking of the current times, which are very difficult and very different, how can we work or how could we work with the Celtic energies and spirits today in these difficult times to enrich our spiritual path and assist us on our pathway, the ascension, increasing, raising our frequency, changing our whole DNA makeup, as I understand, at the energy level where the so-called junk DNA is being activated and we see it more and more. So could you talk to this and include some key information about the mystery of Stonehenge Mm. and what is the purpose of it and how we can work with these energies? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous, gorgeous questions. So... Um, really think of Stonehenge as being a picture in stone um, carved out in rock of the potential that we have through the stem cells that we've been talking about through our physical and our light DNA. So there's a microcosm, macrocosm, Um, very, very powerful archetypal image that's given to us through Stonehenge. And then if we can go back also ambitiously to um, the idea that I was saying about the migration of those that had the light DNA activated um, in their physical bodies after the loss of Atlantis and Lemuria, those natural tragedies that affected the Atlantic region, the fall of Atlantis, Um, They went to uh, become the seed people of the Native American tradition. And uh, they went to Tibet, they went to the Himalayas, um, and they went to Ireland, and they went to Southern America and and the, you know, the, the, the Amazonian rainforest, the jungles. Now, So I'm drawing some parallels. I'm I'm showing how scattered throughout human history, we've got references to who we really are. And Stonehenge is a massive reference to who we really are. It's a massive, um, consciously created stargate. But it fulfills the same function as we do as light-activated acupuncture puncture needles that can insert themselves into the earth's landscape and liberate the living waters of the spirit which is our true grail legend and our true grail quest that has it has become you know a story about knights riding around in forests and 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 finding a physical cup um, what the Druid and Celtic um, megalithic uh, monuments like Stonehenge um, are referring us back to is that these are all systems of harnessing these telluric forces, the 
what the Buddhists and Taoists called the Yuran Chi, the living, natural, healing energies, uh, the living waters of spirit that flow along the Earth's Kundalini ley lines. So whenever you look at a megalithic monument like Stonehenge, you're looking at something that just gazing on the image, a part of it can reawaken so many cellular memories and, and activate, let alone, let alone actually visiting any uh, sacred site in nature is, is having the same effect. It's the opposite of when a trauma capsule is activated by um, something that frightens us is the exact opposite of that. Another capsule, but actually a bridge into the other world paradise is activated when we key in our subconscious, in-body, divine feminine, intuitive, cellular memories by giving them the right cue cards like Oh, I'll go with a knowledge of the, the myths and the stories of, um, of the Celts or the story of Merlin and how he taught King Arthur to connect to all of the power animals so that he could draw the sword out of the stone and become sovereign. I mean, what an amazing <laughs> metaphor for where we are now. You yes. know, if you, if you go back through all of these stories, you'll realize just what a, a votive hoard, what a treasure hoard buried underneath the ground to help that soul go into the um, into the bliss of the other world. Mm. Well, the same is happening now, but we're staying alive. We don't have to pass over in order to access this magic of all of these rivers of consciousness that in this very, very mm. magical lifetime, we are being forced to um, awaken within ourselves, forced through a very loving consciousness, not a punishing consciousness, I have to add. So all we need to do is to connect with those energies consciously. And my second question is, what is your take on the crop circles? <laughs> so um firstly going back to what you said about all we need to do is access these with our consciousness um just to go back yeah just to go back and qualify that really um i, I can answer the crop circle thing very very quickly they are uh, images of holograms um you know we can meditate upon those images mathematical sequences of higher light intelligence etc that are encoded in those symbols it's another image which is an archetype it's a sigil it's another portal another gateway and we we would only go into the realms of speculation um if we spoke about with any certainty about how they actually emerge but my experience of being in crop circles is that the grass that i held that had been changed in shape did not look like or feel like anything that had been trodden on yep. by a big wooden board and a and a farmer and his mates who had got drunk <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't seem as though the structural change in the grass <laughs> it didn't really seem like lads on a night out clomping around uh, with with boards of wood but we don't know we really don't know the answers that's why the mystery has to remain a mystery right yes but 
the how, the how. It is very easy, um, particularly um, within, um, there is a, a, a sort of growing belief, which I think is erroneous um, and disrespectful to um, wisdom keepers and the amount of, you use the word precision, the amount of precise light intelligence that we have the opportunity to activate. There's an assumption that all we have to do is take our consciousness towards these things and bam, we'll be um, ascended masters ourselves in no time. Going back to the model that I shared earlier about um, the three strands that we need to work upon to develop the sky rope, um, that there is a need for all of this magic to be communicated to people um, in a way that is that makes it easy to understand systemized but not in a let's have cookie cut cookie cutter ultra natural shamanic druid people popping out the other end it's always a question of um the souls who have this light intelligence within them undergoing a safe and sustainable intelligent apprenticeship and time of exposure to the sacred transmissions. You can, as I did, wander, wander around and try and do it all your own, but do we have time for that? Really? I was blessed. The point I'm trying to make is that there were times when I absolutely had to reach out to a lineage keeper in various spiritual traditions. And I've been taught and my uh, wisdom and ability to access my own purpose and my abilities and gifts accelerated um, because I was given the transmissions from somebody who was much further ahead on the path than I was. And, it's, and, and that's exactly what the Druids uh, were doing for people as well. They learnt bodies of mythology and poetry and and their bodies were turned into these sky ropes uh, so that they could give that transmission of the sacred flame and ignite it in people's DNA. Um, so, um, you know, I had the very, very great fortune of being connected to lineage keepers from the yogic uh, tradition and from Qigong um, and then from a keeper of the light from an ancient cult of priestesses in Egypt um, and so on and so on um, and so being I think um, being open to the synchronicities and the possibilities and recognizing when you meet somebody that's on your path for a reason and, and not letting your egoic mind say I don't need help Would you like to learn how to meditate in Theta? The optimum frequency you can have in a meditative state? 
By popular demand, I have created an instructional Theta meditation package containing a guided audio meditation and an introduction booklet. It is a unique, one-of-a-kind resource that will help you achieve and maintain the elusive Theta state throughout your meditation and will give you the important background information about Theta meditation and this process. For more details, please go to the store on my website at quantumliving.com.au. What could we do on a daily basis at the very practical level that could help us on this pathway, whether someone is on a spiritual pathway personal development pathway, we all, I think, or at least most people, feel the urge to grow, to develop, to find out what else is out there. How can we realize what we don't even know what is there to realize? So in a very practical way, what would be your advice? What can we do? Would it be daily meditation and a particular ritual and a particular practice or just state of mind or approach? What would you suggest? Okay, so the ignition keys, the very accessible um, ignition keys that we all have available to us um, that help us do like King Arthur was doing through Merlin's tutelage. Uh, connecting to the other world intelligences by changing the way we use language, changing the way we use prayer. Instead of talking about things, speak to them. And that will take us out of thousands of years of written language-based programming and open us up to a morphic field of consciousness and ultra-natural white intelligence that our ancestors had access to. And we, our lives are diminished and depleted because we've lost it. So, so how could we do this on a, on a practical level? <laughs> your prayer needs to become a celebration of the presence of other forms of living consciousness. So I wake up and I greet the sun um, and say, hello. I speak to the sun. I speak to the trees that I see. Um, okay, I'll give you something really simple, a simple um, ignition key that I learned uh, with an Aboriginal guide. What the Aboriginals will do when they walk out into nature, they will say, Hello, hello, hello to the ancestors. It is, in my case, Estelle, in your case, Anna, coming in peace and love. And then continue speaking. I mean, you, you know, I know that you have an NLP background. You understand that we are stories and the power of language to reprogram our neurons. If you begin speaking to and communicating with rather than just labeling and talking about the natural world, this is a most excellent shift in consciousness and practice. 
hello, hello to the ancestors. It is a cell coming in peace and love. And I might say, um, and in dire need of uh, nurturing and energy uh, uh, transmissions and signs that things are going to be all right. Mm. Things are going in the right way. Show me. So it is about recognition and respect. Yes. And obviously love and appreciation, which are the key energies that connect us all. Beautiful. I really love what you just said. And I can absolutely relate to this. I talk to the sun. I talk to the wind. In fact, I share this on another podcast. (laughs) Whenever I put out my washing out, because in Australia, we rarely use um, dryers. We just put everything out to dry in the sun. Every single time when I do that, I say, thank you, sun, and thank you, wind, for drying my stuff for free. Because I don't take this for granted. So I I too, I talk to the sun, I talk to the wind, I talk to water, I talk to the earth, I talk to my plants. And I feel that more and more people are waking up to this sort of attitude and understanding that we are such an integral part of all that is that we cannot separate ourselves from it. And by, as you said, acknowledging and speaking directly to those energies, to those forces, we are encouraging the exchange of information, the download of knowledge, the insight, the intuition, And then we can truly draw from the universal consciousness, the quantum field, which has all those energies. I mean, we are the quantum field. We are the holographic particles of all that is. So I can absolutely relate to this. And the more we connect with everything around us, the moment we start seeing ourselves as a part of the sun, a part of the wind, a drop in the ocean. That's when the true connection begins. Information starts flowing and we can do with this information what we need to do and what we want to do to improve our physical existence on this plane. Absolutely. That is exactly um that shifting consciousness that you've just so eloquently and beautifully described is the biggest ignition key to us becoming the heroes and heroines of our own monomyth and this new story for this new era of uh, life on earth where we become mature human beings who are here that you know the primary purpose of all forms of nature-based magic is so that we fulfill our soul's highest highest purpose which is to care for the earth Mm. yes because we are the custodians we are not the owners we are only the custodians of the earth absolutely and the responsibility 
of the custodian is greater than that of the owner. Absolutely. Because if you are the owner, you can destroy what you own. When you are the custodian, you cannot damage, you cannot harm. Your responsibility is to protect. Absolutely. And work with nature, animals, whatever it is, the earth that you are the custodian of. Yes. And that that is the language and that is the consciousness of the goddess, mother, spiritual lineage coming through you. Mm. You're speaking her language and in floating that out into the ether in this conversation, we're amplifying the strength of that archetypal figure and that morphogenetic field of consciousness in the other world, in the quantum realm, so that it can then be echoed back and strengthened in the physical plane and the ripples of influence go beyond what we can imagine just by having a conversation like this. Yes, absolutely. Now, we have touched upon this already in our conversation, but if I would ask you, if you could summarize and pull it together, how does the spirituality we have just talked about overlap with the quantum reality? Yes. So, in essence, the Celtic shamans and the Druids connect us back to a lineage of wisdom keepers who were absolutely amazingly talented world bridges. They knew how to harness the earth energy so that they could drop down into an altered state of consciousness that exists beneath the gravity field of the earth, deep in the core of Mother Earth, underneath her dragon ley lines and from that portal they could send their consciousness out into the world soul and then their prayers and their great being part of the great conversation of all forms of living consciousness were amplified and they could touch in as all shamans always do send their consciousness consciousness out into the quantum realm touch into those wave fronts of energy and information and light in the quantum realm that are unlimited, untapped, pure potential, and then lightly allow some of that energy to come back through into the physical realm with them. And I say lightly because they're not putting strong, strong thoughts and expectations and outcomes. They they want as much of that broad, um, or as many of those wavelengths to come back with them mm. as well, unaffected by their preconditioned perceptual biases yeah. and what they think they know. They want to attract, they want to attach, um, they want to connect 
from as open a place as possible to all the possibilities and bring that magic back in for the benefit of their own lives and their own well-being on all levels, but also for the greater Earth community and become, again, keepers of the sacred hoop. People who are here to awaken their full potential by being the physical expression of Mother Earth and the stars and the universe's dreams and desires. So we don't have our own dreams and desires, actually. They're, they're illusionary. We are seeded with the dreams and desires. And when we get of Mother Earth and the universe, and we are only <laughs> going to ever succeed yeah. and fulfill our own potential and achieve all of the things that we want yes. by allowing ourselves to be the full expressions in the physical world of what Mother Earth always wanted us to be. And it's not onerous, it's a joy to actually um, go with that flow of intelligence. And the, the number of synchronicities it opens up, astounding, things that can happen. I mean, this conversation that we're having came about effortlessly, didn't it? Yes, Absolutely. And we have opened so many rabbit holes <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> and we could be talking for hours. However, given the time constraints, what I would like to ask you now, could you tell us about your work, about your programs and your offerings? And obviously I will include all the links to your online presence in the show notes. So now about your work. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Uh, so my, my passion project um, of the now moment is Will Bridges Paradise. And that's my coaching program, um, either a group coaching program or the uh, group experience augmented by one-to-one -one sessions with me. And essentially, this is where I help people build that really, really strong connection to the sky rope, the soul rope, uh, where they experience the kiss of Mother Earth and Father Sky in their heart field and can transcend um, those deep, deep karmic knots, blocks and locks from the very, very important past lives that either they or members of their soul group and soul families um, have been connected to, um, because that is a frontier um, of almost limitless possibility that we need to really, really push into now. Um, it's a growth, a, a huge place that we can grow so this is a system that i've developed that uh, works with the light strand the karmic strand and the mythic strand that we've been speaking about to form a strong sky rope and we use our connection with uh, mother earth's heart womb to enhance uh, our connection to the other world and and to all of the amazing archetypes and cosmic dynamics that we can then bring in so will bridges paradise um, and also, you mentioned my books. I will say plural. At the moment, I have um, it's still available as a free download at the moment from my website and from Amazon, Be Who You Came To Be. I'm going to be updating that and bringing out a second edition because it, it, need, it needs, everything needs revising since 
you know, 2020 onwards. Um, and then there will be, uh, if people connect to my um, email list via my website, is probably the best thing to stay in touch with a whole stream of new books that have that are that are um, being gestated and are at various stages of development at the moment. But there's a lot. I've stayed very still over the last eighteen months and very quiet. Sure. And um, there's a lot that's about to burst on the scene, and I'll be touching into. Um, I, I will be bringing out my uh, collections of goddess poetry, um, which contain the sacred transmissions that we've been speaking about today, and um, another book on Kabbalah from um, a very different perspective to the one that people are used to as well. Interesting. Lovely. So what would be your final message, your key message, your key takeaway from this conversation for our listeners that would lift their spirit? Yeah, that we are going through a time of epic trauma at the collective level and that there is a very loving and strongly spirit-assisted purpose in that and that we will come through and it will give us the motivation that we need to truly achieve our soul's full potential because we will be um, taken beyond the energetic markers that we have in our different uh, energy bodies that at the moment make us think we know who we are. We are destined to be heroes and heroines um, once again with access to extraordinary amounts of natural magic, the kind of magic that we witness when the Native Americans get together um, and, and do the, the dances that can bring about lightning. Um, that kind of nature magic is absolutely coming back on the agenda for us. Um, and this is, um, as you know, many people in our world our spiritual world who are interested in quantum consciousness and quantum uh, methods of evolution know this is a very, very significant lifetime for us all. And um, for people to rejoin the great conversation and speak with and commune with the natural world and, um, and use Mother Nature and your connection with Mother Nature is the absolute central point of your compass. Yes. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Estelle. It's been such a pleasure to have you on my show and to have this conversation, which, as I've said, we've only touched upon so many rabbit holes that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I I think it will leave with our listeners uh, a sense of unfulfillment in a in a strange way, like like it has left with me. Because I'd love to be going into into each of those rabbit holes <laughs> uh, for hours, because it's just uh, mind expanding, consciousness expanding, and. Uh, filled with such high 
frequency energy that is it's just beautiful it's uh it's food for the soul <laughs> not just for the mind but also food for the soul so thank you so much for your beautiful presence and sharing with us your wisdom and your knowledge and i really appreciate it oh thank you anna and i really appreciate you and i see who you have been throughout all of your amazing queen ant and queen bee past lives and i'm really hoping that the the transmissions um encoded in stonehenge and therefore encoded in my body as a past life druidess um are awakening um light codes and light keys within you and your cellular structure through this conversation that are going to unfold for at least another two decades <laughs> thank you thank you so much and and thank thank you, thank you thank you so much for asking beautiful um questions that have enabled um this conversation to take place and for all the amazing amazing conversations that you're having with people um on your podcast it it's it takes real dedication and discipline to keep up the level um, um, and frequency of, of work that you're creating. And each one of those conversations is having an amazing ripple effect. <laughs> so all strength to you and, and, and I'm deeply, <laughs> deeply appreciating all that you're doing as well. And I forgot to tell people in terms of the, the, the hopefully, let's say not um, unfulfillment, but thirst. Hopefully I've yes. made people mm. realise that they have a greater thirst. And if they would like um, that thirst to be quenched even more, then www.estelgillingham.com is about to see some major, major changes as well. And you can you can keep up to date with all of that there. Mm, absolutely. Yes. And I love the word thirst rather than unfulfillment. So once again, Estelle, thank you so much and namaste. Yeah, namaste. Thank you, Anna. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed the show, please post a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen to it and lift the spirit across the world and the universe. For the show notes and contact details, please go to my Quantum Living Podcast on podpage.com. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, be well. Thank you.